Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Mercatani with another episode of Weighing In, brought to you by USA Wrestling, the national governing body for wrestling in the United States, and by Nike Wrestling. Go to athleteps.com for all of your Nike and USA Wrestling branded gear. The boys are back. When you get back to the middle of January, everybody's got to get together again. Mark, GT, myself, we are ready to go. And let's start out with some USA Wrestling stuff, guys. The Andre DeGlain, uh Coach Turner helped me with my pronunciation on this, is this weekend. So let me pull up the tab so people can kind of see, and then we'll talk about it. Who is in this article by Gary Abbott? So large contingent, all three disciplines, mainly men's freestyle, six or seven women's freestyle, one Greco-Roman athlete. GT, tell us about this tournament and why so many of our hammers are going. A great opportunity for like international competition just because it's like right out the gate in 2023. Once again, the U.S. people are probably tired of wrestling each other and doing training camps and no one's really got a chance to really compete against anybody else. Uh, but this kind of gets everything rolling for the ranking series heading into your your 2023 run. So um, this is a great place to start off. It's also in a pretty nice area of France. So it's a good way to get away for, you know, the January of the most of the country where it's cold and, you know, you get to go to the South of France. So nice little, uh, nice little, nice little break. GT, are you saying nice so many times because the, the city is spelled N-I-C-E? Or are you being that clever this early in the morning? Uh, you picked up on it. So, yeah, it's in, <laughs> nice, it's in nice, nice, France. Um, once again, it's a very cool place for um, a tournament to be located. It's not necessarily like in the middle of Siberia. So it's a good place for everybody to kind of go and get some really good competition in. Um, so... <clears throat> So yeah. here's the headliners if you're listening, and then Marco, jump in. So if you're just listening and not watching it, here's the men's freestyle entries. Suriano, Shelton Mack, Nashon Garrett, Austin DeSanto, Matthew Klodzik, Evan Henderson, Anthony Ashnall, Pat Lugo, Ridge Lovett, Alec Pantaleo, Joey Lavalli, Vincenzo Joseph, Josh Shields, Evan Wick, Alex Marinelli, Taylor Lujan, Eric Schultz, J.I.L.O., Jaden Cox at 97. That's been his plan to just stay up there. Christian Lance. Uh, we have one Greco-Roman athlete, Duncan Nelson. And then the women's athletes are Emily Shilson, Audrey Jimenez, Savannah Cosme, Forrest Molinari, Kennedy Blades. Excited to see all of those, especially the last two with Sunkist. I just did a uh, Matt chat that will pop up today with or tomorrow with Pritz, and we're talking about Mark Perry and what they're doing at Sunkist and the connection with Suriano and everything else. So, Marco, uh, I know how much you've worked on, you know, obviously just studying this stuff, but who are you looking forward to watching? Uh, I'm looking for the younger guys. I think this is going to be, from what I'm listening and hearing, this could be a lot of guys from the United States. Uh, placing very high at this tournament. I don't think Iran's going to be there. I don't think, obviously, Russia's going to be there. So I think it's, you know, we talked about getting different competition. Yeah, we're going to wrestle some guys early on in the tournament, uh, but I still think you're going to have a high contingency of U.S. wrestlers uh, wrestling for gold, bronze, silver. So. Yeah, I'm excited. You, to guys, you know, we get we got some hammers, but they're they're the young hammers. They're you know, except for Jaden, I think everybody else is you know trying to make a senior team. So it's kind of nice to see what we got coming up, you know, in the future uh, where these guys fit. So it'll be fun to watch the interaction with Pantaleo after the World Cup final with Sergey in the background. If you haven't watched that interview, we caught it. Where you know he put thought he put his head down, and Sergey coaching him after the fact was was a really fun interaction to watch, and I think I caught most of it being down there in the pit. So I, I suggest people watch that. I'm interested, and GT, you know, obviously Forrest. Well, I'm interested to watch Forrest. She hasn't wrestled in a while, and then uh, Blades too. You know, see, you know, Blades was obviously a superstar. 
you know, made the Olympic trial finals and hasn't wrestled for a while, made that decision to go to Arizona State, you know, just because there's not a ton of Division One college of women's wrestling right now and focus on making world teams, which all of us and I do us in the loosest term at USA Wrestling are excited about, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. She's going to be a hammer. So excited to see her. So a couple other loose end items. Sammy Alvarez goes into the portal, comes out of the portal, was at Oklahoma State, left Rutgers, originally started at NC State. So he had a weight management problem, according to multiple reports. So this isn't me putting anything out there. And he won't wrestle this season. So it'll be interesting to see. They got a log jam there. You just should probably expect somebody from Oklahoma State to end up going into the portal because there's just not enough weight classes for all the guys they got there. Uh, Mark, you look like you want to say something about this. I think I think the young man's got some other things he needs to work on. I think John Smith is probably a good guy to help him out. Uh, it's not just weight, obviously. So. Um, I'd like to see what, what ends up here. Uh, it'd be fun kind of watching the process that they work with him. I mean, he's walking into an area where Oklahoma State's pretty good. I mean, they got three guys between those two weights that are pretty legit. So it will be fun to watch. Does Carter go down to 33? Can he make 33? You know, he's been at 41 for two years now. He may have settled in there. 33 might be a big cut when Dayton leaves next year. So. Um, and I don't think Alvarez is going to make 33 because he struggled making 41 this year. So, um, and then if, if he goes up to 49, you've got a good freshman that everybody's been impressed with. He's got a motor. He keeps coming. Um, so I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah. They got log jams. They got first world problems. Right. And you know, yep. The portal, I mean, like if people don't follow sports, like there was an NIL deal for a quarterback that committed to University of Florida for $13 million and apparently it fell through. So he was in the portal the next day. So portal life is very, very different. You know, obviously there's, I don't think there's a lot of $13 million deals going around in wrestling, but money is certainly influencing things. So before we get into the college stuff and everything else, uh, I just want to take a quick minute to thank Ryan Warner from Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. He had me on, I think we did it late last week, did the interview, you know, came out this morning. Uh, we talked about a lot of different things. I think we're going to talk again before the Big 12s and kind of talk about what we're doing with Border Brawl and the fantasy leagues and all that kind of stuff, which Nike and Grant Turner and Shane have been huge parts of, of helping us try to jump levels. And I think we have jumped a few levels. So again, thank you guys. But uh, I've, I know, Mark, you've been on Warner's Pod and tied to the Tony Davis sort of long-form interview he did, and uh, I'm a big fan of Ryan's. He does a really good job, does it the right way. He was very complimentary, told me he watched the John Smith interview I did like four or five years ago, like five times before he did his, which is the, the probably best compliment you can get on something like that when somebody says, hey – I look what you did and, and it helped me shape what I'm doing. But Ryan Warner's a really good dude, does a great job. You know, please give him a follow on social. Wrestling changed my life. And the other people we should probably be thanking are Christian Thompson, because I there's a couple new features or features he's had, which we haven't pointed out on fantasygrade.com. Follow him. He's helping our podcast be better, helping sort out the rankings for you guys. So uh Thank you guys. Thank both those guys for that. Let me get into the share a tab and go to fantasy grade. So this is the first thing I'm assuming you guys can see this. So this is a feature that he had told me about several weeks ago. You can click on any wrestler. So if you go to a weight class and you go, Hey, I want to go and see what Liam Cronin has done this year. You click on his name and it'll show you where he started. So he started the year at 23, fell as low as 28, and now he's at third. And so you can see kind of people that are trending up and down. For those of us that are visual learners, this is really interesting. For those of us that have invested in the stock market, these look like a lot of charts on various mutual funds and indexes and things like that. But these are really cool tools for people to look at 
uh, besides just, oh, let's look at 125 as a whole, which we haven't, we've done a lot of. One of the things that I, it's my fault because I, on the ranking stuff, I set a lot of the agenda. I want to make sure we spend more time talking about the team scores this week. And he told me that that feature is coming down. We'll be able to see the trend of every team all year. So, but Mark, you and I did these rankings for a long time. How cool is this chart that we can see where guys have been from week to week? It's nice. I, I would, you know, it's interesting on, we don't, you know, we remember what happened early in the year. Sometimes some guys had some bad losses um, and then all of a sudden they get hot and they start, you know, elevating up and, you know, getting up there like Cronin is third. And he deserves to be third right now. He just beat two top-ranked guys in right. one weekend. Now he's got to go against number one. It's going to get a little tougher, I think, uh, tomorrow night. But, you know, give him credit. He's a he's a goer. Yeah. Absolute so goer. this would be a very boring chart for Grandview, GT. Just like <laughs> flat, flat line. Like – Dead man walking, just nothing but number one every week. So, <laughs> All right, so let's look at the team scores first because I think this is something that we haven't focused enough on. So here's the latest team rankings. And, again, this is a compilation of Intermat flow and win. So, you can, you know, if you want to go to those specifically, you can. Here's, for example, Penn State's number one. And then they have – If you, the other thing is if you click on there, you can see where all their guys are individually ranked, which is another really cool just drop feature here. So Penn State's one, Iowa and Missouri, the averages are tied for two. Cornell is fourth. Nebraska's fifth. Nebraska's a team that has jumped huge. And if you look at the Brock Hardy trend and the Liam Cronin trend, uh, it's gigantic. So, um, so – GT has gotten an emergency. He's got to go do some Nike things. GT, do you do you? And uh, you, you automatically, when we do our picks, you automatically lose wings. That's just that's. Uh, hey, I will, I will forfeit. I will forfeit that part of my earnings. I mean, I, I believe I probably have like a two hundred wing like allotment that is like built over. Oh my, my god! You get a tab. Yes. Tab. Hey, once again, guys. Uh, I just want to say that like. I'll be ready to go for the picks for next week. I'll have, you know, whatever. I'll lose this week and whatnot. Um, definitely pay attention to everything USA Wrestling related um, yeah. in the coming weeks. Um, there's tons and tons of great wrestling coming on, but um, duty calls, boys. But um, I will definitely be a part of the, the call moving forward. Um, no, you're just, good, bro. Listen, hey. life happens to all of us. That's why we reschedule stuff. You're good. Go do your thing. I'll all put right. your picks in for you, Grant. Don't worry. <laughs> hey, hold First name, I want all first names. First name, hey, Trevor. He's got Liam by first period fall over Spencer. There, there, that's your pick. Perfect. Let's do he's got to do it in the third. He's not doing it in the first. All right. See you guys. See you, GT. Bye. <laughs> all right, Marco. So the team rankings here, I think, are interesting. I mean, they're always interesting, but. You know, Nebraska has made a big jump. Iowa State's there. VT is at seven. Arizona State has been kind of all over the place this year. Like, if you look at, again, like if you take a Colton Schultz and bump him, you know, up to one, then he's right there. They're right there with Iowa State. Ohio yeah. State, a team you were high on early in the year, is ninth, and they've had a lot of injuries. There was an article that came out on Flow about how they really haven't had their whole lineup together all year except like the first week or two. Pitt is sneaky at number 10. And I guess this is probably a good time to mention it. I will be on the mic tomorrow night for the Pitt-UVA duel. So I want to thank Steve Garland and the Paulsons for helping me make that connection. I'm getting to call three of their duels this year, Mark, so I'm pretty excited about that. Good. That would yeah. be a good duel. That would be a really good duel. Yeah. But you're and right. Pitt's really starting to move up. Uh, and not because they're deep, deep, but they got some really good kids. They expect to have three or four, you know, All-Americans, and it just depends how high they can get. So that's that's how you get your points up here, you know. It's generally uh, the way you build a program, right? Like you build overall depth, and you get a hammer or two. Like I always look at the Mizzou formula, you know, like they punched through ones they had Askwood and Pell and those kind of guys, and then people want to come, and then it's easier to build depth. So when you know, you we, talk, we talked about rankings. It was like two years ago, David, where Iowa was favored – 
they were almost double-digit favorites to win in the Nationals. And I think we had both agreed there's just no way they're going to win by that much. And obviously they didn't. You know, Penn State came in and wrestled really well, had three national champs that year, uh, beat Iowa at two of the weights that they had lost in the Big Tens, and, you know, turned it into like, a, I think it was like eight or nine points. I think, the you know, Iowa won by eight or nine. But they yeah. were projected to win by 35, 40. You know, this year with uh, Penn State being that far ahead of everybody, I don't really disagree with it. I think okay. they're that good. So, first <clears throat> of all, folks, let me – this is painful for me to say. This is going to hurt. <laughs> this is going to hurt. But in the in the effort of, of being full transparency, Mark is the freaking best at these point team point spreads. Like he and I would make all these little side bets and just projections, and he would win these every time. We'd also bet individual matches with point spreads, and I think over the course of about five years and probably 500 picks, I think you're up like six or seven picks on me in the individual ones. Probably. I think that, that's fair. So I think we're we're 51-49 there. On these team picks, on the spread, you're like 90-10. Okay, so that hurt. Hurt almost as bad as like knocking down like a kid's gate at somebody's house that you shouldn't be doing, but that's another story. So, but so this is interesting because off air. So, right now, the and here's the other trick this point spread does not include bonus points. No. Okay. And that's impossible to do. I remember one year Intermount was trying to project them and it just made things worse instead of better. So, Penn State right now is a 41 and a half point favorite on basically the field okay so like there's i'm sure there's somewhere you can set a line where you go do you want the field in 41 and a half or do you want penn state minus 41 and a half let me start by saying i assume you would take the field with 41 and a half i don't think so i think I really think penn state, yeah i What's think the like, I, I just think they're really good uh i mean they could put six in the finals david they really could. Oh, they're the one team, and I was—I said this, and then I'm like, I'm actually wrong. But they're the one team that feels like they haven't fallen back this year. Like a bunch of the other teams have all had a guy lose or be injured or stuff like that, fall you know from down from the rankings from where they started. Penn State had Aaron Brooks lose, but everybody feels like that's a statistical outlier, kind of like the Yanni loss. Max Dean lost a couple times, so he's fallen in the rankings, but. Bo Bartlett has come from off the board to in the top eight. Shane Van Ness and Facundo have come off the board into like the points that area where you're scoring between two and one point. And you know they they have this weirdly consistent problem at 125. But you know you mentioned who can make the finals. 33, they're a favorite to make the finals. 41 is wide open. Uh, 74. They're, they're a clear favorite. 84, they're a favorite. 97, they've done it before. In heavyweight, they're ranked number one right now. So if you put six in the finals, it's a wrap in terms of winning it. The point spread is is fascinating. So let's talk about that for a second. What's the correct number you would put? Probably 52. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. And would you be shocked if Haynes made the top three at the national tournament at 150? I mean, I wouldn't be. So, th okay, this is a great point, guys, just in case, like, you're just listening or not a hardcore nerd rankings fan. Levi Haynes, true freshman, 157. They have Terrell Barraclaw. They have Joe Lee. I actually spoke to quick sidebar talk to Keith Gavin getting quotes for the duel, and he talked about how much coaches like this rule where they can wrestle these freshmen in a couple of meets before they have to decide. You know, you and I – had to make those decisions. You're deciding off practice and open tournaments, and now you can put them right in the fire. They get to get travel. You get to see how they do traveling. And, you know, it just basically helps you make a more intelligent decision, right? The more yep. data points you have, the better it is, right? So if you go through this, I mean, how <clears throat> Levi Haynes is in a weight that's absolutely wide open. So let's go to 157. This is the cool thing about this website. <clears throat> you can just toggle right over. So Peyton Rob, Jared Frannick, Austin O'Connor, Levi Haynes is up to up to number 14. Okay. He went from off the board to 14. He's got wide dispersion in his rankings. He's ranked anywhere from ninth to 21st. 
which is really interesting. Here's the thing. Here's the thing why I think this weight class is feels open, right? Like Peyton Robb's never been in the finals. Franick has never been in the final. O'Connor is the only one who's even been in the finals. You have a guy like Jay Cuse, who is never all American, who's ranked eighth. So, yeah. you know, so it's like, whereas if some of these other weights, like the guy that's ranked eighth, you're like, good Lord, you know, like how good is that guy to be ranked eighth? Yep. So I think he, I, to, to be fair, I just think like he's probably him. I think O'Connor's the best guy in the weight. And maybe that's just because I've seen him win a national title at a really good weight. But none of these other guys you go, well, they that guy would smash Levi Haynes for sure. But here's the problem. We haven't seen Levi Haynes wrestle a top 10 guy, have we? No, not yet. So obviously with the schedule, and I don't know who they hit in particular, but, well, it, doesn't he hit? He wrestles okay, well, Luan. He wrestles Luan and uh, Soldanti. This weekend. This weekend. So we're going to find out really where he's at. Uh, but would it shock you if he beat both those guys? It wouldn't shock me. I'd be more shocked if he actually gets both matches because you know how that goes. Like, they're probably going to switch the lineup around where he only wrestles one of them. You know, like, I feel like he's more likely to wrestle Luhan or, uh, yeah, Luan, excuse me, because they probably need him more in that duel. Like, I think they feel like we can beat Michigan State without him. And if he's a true freshman, like, let's not load him up with two bangers. Let's just let him get ready for one. Again. And, they, and David, one other thing. They, he has one more match before they have to decide whether they're going to pull his red shirt. So, so that really leans towards him just wrestling Luan, right? Yep. So they may sit him and then, I mean, they've got such a big lead and they're so strong. Uh, I could see Cal saying, let's not burn a year on him this year. Let's keep him because we're going to lose two studs next year. We may need him, you know, for the next four years to just keep doing what we've been doing. You, you just don't know what, what Cal's thinking? Uh, nobody ever understands what Cal's thinking because he's. A oh no, I don't. I think we understand. I just don't think we're privy to it ahead of time. Like it makes a lot of sense on the back end. And so I don't want to say it that way because he's. He's, he's a genius. Smart. Yeah, he's really, smart. really smart. That's why I'm saying nobody yeah. understands what he's doing because he's got this innate ability to look into the future and he knows what his kids are going to be able to do in the next two, three years. And I mean, he's got a plan. I guarantee it, David. He's got a plan for the next yeah. four years. He knows well, exactly had, what's going to happen on the show. And he talked about their whiteboard and how it's projected out for like the next six, seven years. So yeah, for yeah. sure. And obviously credit to uh, Casey Cunningham and Cody Sanderson and that whole crew, you know, it's not a one man crew over there. So, but it is interesting how this stuff goes. So let's kind of get through these rankings. <laughs> And talk about, we'll just start at 20. Actually, the trends are probably, this is another thing that's so cool about this website. And I know I'm nerding out about it, but Mark, back when we were doing this, like you had to go through and like kind of look at them all. And I used to have to put all these spreadsheets together. Now you just, like, this is so great to be able to do this. So people on the rise here are Cronin, Kaler, Peterson, Stevie Poulon, Steve Poulon, Caleb Smith, Braxton Brown. Prada dropped big, uh, and then Jake Ferry dropped Nick Pro Nico Provo dropped. I think the big mover here that makes sense in the rankings and is sort of a surprise is Cronin, right? Like you actually picked him to win the McKee match, you know, or at least had pointed out accurately that he had beaten McKee before, was one and zero against him, whatever. So, you know, and then the other big loss or big match was uh Medlin majoring. Uh, or Medley, excuse me, majoring the Barnett. August, Barnett, yeah. Like he, yeah. Barnett got high and he caught him, mm -hmm. and then he kept him split and put him on his back, and the match really wasn't that close. So, And if you remember, David, the only guy Spencer Lee did not bonus point, I think it was two years ago, was Jack Medley. It's hard he's, to wrestle. He's good at keeping it close, too. He's strong. Yeah. He's, he's just a strong kid stays in really good position, doesn't give up junk points, and he can he can stay in matches. And when you can stay in matches against some of these guys, they're going to get high every once in a while. They're going to put themselves in a bad position. And if you're able to, you know, take advantage of that, 
you can beat some of these really good guys. And I'm not saying Medley's going to be an All-American, but it's trending that way that he's got a good shot to be an All-American, and that helps Michigan immensely. Well, they got him at 20. Now he's ranked either 13th, 23rd, or 23rd. So it's, you know, there's a – here's the thing, and I don't think this is like a some epiphany by any chance, but like – so many of these guys are one takedown away from each other, one scramble away from each other. So it's just – it can go so many different ways. So yep. 33, not a ton of movement here. Ragason uh, falls from 5 to 10. Palmer from chat moves up. Aaron Nagao. So Nagao, by the way, Kyle Berwick is finally back for uh, Nebraska. Nebraska, yep. And he was beating – he took down Nagao and rode the crap out of him in the first period, like two and a half minutes. And I can't remember if I, – I watched the match, but I can't remember the order. But I think Berwick picked down. Nagao rode him the whole second period. Berwick tried to kind of catch an injury time, said he was injured, like, you know, and then Nagao – Pick neutral, took him down. There had been so much riding time. He rode him all the way out that it was not a minute and then took him down in overtime. So Nagao's a guy that's really good on top. He's a yep. legger. And so if you're not scouting him correctly, he's going to be a problem. And then Sam Latona, he's the guy that, you know, we were super high on him moving up. We felt like he would do better. He's another guy, if you look at the chart, like so started at 12, fell off early. And people have to understand this chart's like the opposite of the stock market. The lower you are, the better. So, you know, he peaked in the wrong way at 21, 22, and now he's down to, which is a good thing down here to like in the top six. So very, this, I'm telling you, I'm a nerd, but I love these charts and stuff. So 41, McNeil moves up. Not a lot of movement in like the top 20 at all. Danny Pacino is wrestling well for Illinois, helped them win that big duel with that fall. So, you know, the interesting thing here too, Mark, and I, I don't want to take too much time because I want to get to these duels, but that head chancery whip, brands, you know, neck wrench, whatever you want to call it, uh, gator bait, that move in the cradle are the two moves you're seeing almost, I would say it feels like almost all the, the especially high-level pins are coming from. So like if, if you're not doing those moves, you're probably missing out on a big thing here. 49, Jaden, Jaden Abbas. Let me go back here. Jaden Abbas moves up. Mitch Moore moves down. Ethan Miller, Park Hill, Missouri. Shout out Jason Keck moves up. Zach Sherman falls 57. Saldate with the big move up. Trevor Chumbly after the Midlands uh, falls off. Brayton Lee, I'll tell you what, I was super high on Brayton Lee at the beginning of the year, and he did not look good in that Nebraska match. He almost looked disinterested. Like, he just got rode out the whole third period and didn't, did not look like maximum effort from him. David, his record right now, I think, is three and five. Yeah. And one of his, one of his ones was a forfeit. So, he is, strugg- he is struggling. Um, I don't know why because we know that he's talented. He's beaten pretty much everybody in the last three years, and I have no idea why. I'm sure Minnesota understands why. Uh, But the coach at Minnesota said he does everything right in the room. He's just not being able to to take that onto the mat and do the same thing. So that's, you know, he was out for almost a year. So maybe he's just trying to get his, you know, bearings back. But uh, he might want to start doing that pretty soon. That's just my opinion. Because I picked him to be in the finals of the national tournament. And right now, he isn't even going to qualify for the national tournament. So, I mean, that's well, a- that, that is your balance between that and how good your Matt Ramos pick is. So, like, yeah. you know, like, nobody bats a thousand, right? Okay. So, wow. it is crazy, right? So, I just want to make sure. Oh, by the way, Yori Walk had a huge major over Noah certain at 125. Want to make sure we hit on that. That's a that's a big mover for him. Congratulations to him and Branch. He's a true freshman who is an age group world champion. So some big stuff there. So we talked about the duels this weekend. Let's mention them and then we'll try to preview a couple of them. 
I think the headliner is Michigan at Penn State. I think the co-headliner is Nebraska at Iowa. NC State, Virginia Tech feels really, really close this year. Yep. And then anytime that I'm on the mic, it's obviously I couldn't even like said big me. But Pitt, Virginia is the other one that that I'm doing. And then there's I mean there's some other interesting duels, but most of the bangers are on Friday night. So I mean if you you know if you stay home Friday night, there's actually Friday night is so much better than Saturday. It's unbelievable. So yeah. Which one do you want to talk about first? Michigan, Penn State? Well, uh, sure. I, I think Iowa, Nebraska, I think it's going to be a really good duel, but I could see it being very lopsided. Well, let's um, talk about it. Here we go. I got pen and paper here. So let's right. let's just see where we <clears throat> agree or disagree. I will try to speed it up because we got maybe 20 minutes to try to get through the, the, three of these duels, okay? Yeah. 125, we both have Michigan, right? Yes. 133, we both have RBY? Yes. 141. Okay, so I'm guessing we both have uh, Bartlett? Uh, yes. Yes. 149, we've got Van Ness and Lamer. I'm, I'm taking Van Ness. Are you? Uh, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Lamer. Okay. You just – I really like that young man. All right, one fifty-seven. So here's the, the Levi Haynes Luan duel or match. Who do who do you got here? I'm gonna go with Haynes. Okay, I think you're right. So that's boring, but one sixty-five. Look, I think we both have Michigan, correct? Ah, uh, you know they wrestled twice in high school. They split. Facundo was always ranked higher than uh, Amin. Amin. I'm going to go with uh, Facundo. Wow. Okay. All right. 174, we both have Penn State. Yep. 184, we both have Penn State. Yep. 197, we both have Penn State. Yep. 285, who you got? I'm going to go with uh, – I keep going to the same well, and it hasn't really went well for me. But I'm going to go with uh, Mason. Okay. And I'm going to go Penn State. So you've got it. All right. So let me just do it this way and then see if it's easier. Penn State. So here's the ones that we agree on. So Michigan's got 25. Penn State's got 33, 41, 74, 84, 97. And we both actually have them getting 57. So we agree it's six to one. So, you know, then depending, it's either somewhere between nine, one and six, four. No, but the, this duel may not be competitive in terms of team score, but I think there's some awesome matchups, right? Like Paris Kirkfleet mm -hmm. looks awesome. You know, 57 is going to be fascinating. 41 is going to be fascinating. So I've seen RBY. 49 is going to be fascinating. That's going to be a really good match. Yes, I agree. So the next duel is Iowa-Nebraska. We might be yep. able to slow down here a little bit. So – Let's see. Okay. All right. Iowa, Nebraska, 125. Let me ask you this at 125. Does Spencer tech or, mate or pin Cronin? Yes. Okay. All right. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, listen, like Cronin's wrestling great, right? He is wrestling really well. They've wrestled one time. Spencer pinned him in the first period. Uh, I I just see a different Spencer right now. He's starting to show some emotion. Uh, he's got a little chip on his shoulder. Uh, he looks healthier too. Yeah, and I like it. I mean, he's starting to do some things that he's always been able to do. He's starting to shoot uh, that little high crotch outside single. Uh, it's back to his carry a little bit. And then we know what he's like on top. He's not going to get into the rolling around with uh, Liam Cronin, who's really good at that. Uh, he's going to let him roll, and then he's going to just catch him right there and probably put him to his back. So uh, I don't think it's going to be a close match, but I'm not sure anybody's going to – you know, I would predict him to probably bonus everybody this year. If he stays healthy, if he doesn't, 
you know, that's a whole different situation. If he hurts a knee or something, but right now I don't see anybody staying within eight points of Spencer Lee. And that includes Patrick Glory. He might have the biggest sort of variance, right? Like either he's going to Hulk smash everyone or not be healthy, right? Yeah. Like, so, I mean, there's not that many other people. So, all right, 33, do we both have Teske over Berwick? I do, Yeah, I picked Teske. Okay, 41. So, this is an awesome match, by the way. This is number one against number two. Like this, no number, number, number. Oh, sorry, four. That's number four. Yeah, doing four. Sorry, sorry. My eyes jumped to Peyton Rob. My fault. You're correct. Two top four guys. Okay, Andrew Alirez, by the way, is number one and is literally in some years would be on track for the Hodge. So is killing guys. So Woods Hardy. Let's talk about a who you think is going to win and b how you think the match is going to go. Um. I'm going to take Real Woods, and I'm going to take him by probably four points. Wow. I think he takes him down. I think he rides him really, really hard. I think Hardy's going to have troubles getting in on Real Woods' uh, hands-head defense. He's Real's really good at uh, defensively when he wants to be, and he's going to go out there. He's going to go out and attack. Uh, don't be surprised if he doesn't get at least one tilt. And I don't see, I see Hardy riding really well, but he doesn't turn a lot of guys. And uh, Real's been able to really put time and effort into turning guys, and I think that's going to be the difference of this match. If you gave me four points, I would take Peyton or take Brock Hardy. I'd give you four points. Okay. All right. That's uh. We'll put that on the docket. Okay. 40, 49, we both have Murin. Yes. 57, we both have Peyton Robb. Yes. 65, we both have Patrick Kennedy. Yes. 74, we both have Mikey Labs. Yes. A good match, though. It'd be really close. It'd be okay. a, it'd 80, probably 84, be a, 84 is interesting. I mean, it is. Like, <clears throat> Nebraska has to have this match to have any. I mean, for Nebraska to win the duel, They've got to win 41. They've got to win 57. They've got to win 74. They've got to win 84. And they probably need to win 97. I mean, I, I, still, like, I still don't think that's enough because of bonus points. Yeah, right. I but at least if you go five and five, you have an argument, right? Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So 84, Pinto, Assad, who you got? I got Assad. He's yeah. wrestled really well all year long. Um, I, I don't know who's beating Assad this year. Has anybody beaten him? Well, we could actually click on that. Let's click on him and see what his record is. So he's – I think we have to go to a different site to pull that up, but he's been ranked between 13 and 8 all year. So, I mean, he has to – I would guess he's lost to somebody, right? No, I think he started the year out at 13. I don't know if he's lost this year. I think he's undefeated. Okay. You may be right, but I would think if he was undefeated, he would have had to have moved up. But I don't well know. look at look at the guys ahead of him. I mean, it's a stacked weight. Let me wrestle stat him real quick while we're talking. All so right. at 97, who do you have? Warner at home. And then heavyweight. Cassiope by probably a major or a, a fall. All right, let me. Here's Ava side. He's thirteen to one this year. Okay, so he does have a loss. I think so. Let me look and see. I'm trying to, but they only show two matches from the season. So let me. Says he's thirteen to one. So, anyway, so we don't have this duel being particularly close, right? Like we've got Iowa winning one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You've got him winning. Eight. Yeah. You've got them winning everything but 57 and 84. Yeah. Okay. So the third duel, yeah. which I think is actually super interesting, is North Carolina State and Virginia Tech. And this may be the best duel of the weekend for it's going to be close. I mean, this could go either way. Yeah. So let's look at it. 125. 
I, I think it leans VT, right? It does, but Trombley's tough. Yeah, he's just been inconsistent, though, right? Yep. But if he won that match, it would not surprise me one bit. I mean, that's a – I would say that's a toss-up. Well, okay, but if you put a point spread on it, you would not put it at zero. Like you would, you would make, you would, yeah, you wouldn't make it a pick 'em. I mean, Ventresco would be like a minus one or a minus two, right? Probably minus one, but I mean, minus one doesn't really mean a lot in a dual meet. Sometimes they're that close. I mean, I mean, anything can happen, but yeah, I mean, it's good. It's going to be a good duel. It's going to be a great match. Okay. I mean, I take Latona at 33. Hang on a second. I'm trying to go in here and get Ava side. Like, I logged into this thing, and so I'm trying to see if I can find him. Okay. Where is this? He lost to Marcus Coleman, three to two. Okay. In the duel, which is, which which is not a bad did. loss, obviously. Yeah. No, right. I mean he he could be as high as right behind Marcus Coleman. Yep. He might yep. actually be underranked, which is almost impossible for an Iowa guy. But we'll give that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David, David, David. David. <laughs> okay, thirty-three. Uh, we we have to lean Latona, right? Yes. 41, we have to lean Jack. Yes. 49, Henson. Yes, but it's going to be a really good match. Let's come back to 57 because that's awesome. 65, Virginia Tech. Yes. 74, if Makai Russell, certainly, right? Yes. 84, Hydley, but a great match, right? Yep. 97, Trumbull. Heavyweight, uh, Trefin. Yep. Okay, so we got it. One, two, three, four. Five. It's five to four. Yeah. So it's one that we haven't picked yet. Yeah. Well, obviously nine, right? So who do you mm-hmm. like, Andonian or Ed Scott? I like Ed Scott. I don't know if Andonian's healthy yet. Uh, That's I'm not exactly even, what I was going. Yeah. I'm not even sure he's wrestling this year. They may just end up redshirting him. Uh, obviously, there's some issues there. And they may put him out there because um, he hasn't had enough matches that they wanted to medical him. They could still. Uh, but to win the duel, they may put him out there. But I can't see the coaching staff at Virginia Tech putting him out there if he's not, you know, 90%. I really I don't. Not against somebody like Ed Scott. Yeah, it probably makes everything you're saying makes sense, right? And then the other part of it is where does the duel start, right? Like, let's say they started the duel at 65, right? Yeah. Because then if it comes to 57, like, you know, if you need to wrestle them or not. Makai didn't wrestle in the Cornell duel, which really stunk because that duel could have been, you know, if he, I think Foca pinned or majored or something, the other, you know, the backup. Yep. And if, if you make the assumption, which you may not because Focus wrestled so well, but if you make the assumption Makai wins, that's a 10 or 12 point swing. They still end up losing the duel, but it's obviously considerably closer. Yep. So, one of the things I want to point out too is fantasygrade.com, which is his website, they've got the contest this week where you can play for free the Iowa Nebraska duel and the Michigan Penn State duel. And you go through and it's, if, if you've never done this, it's really not that hard. You pick who you think's going to win. You pick by how, like, you know, a major or decision up to a fall. And then you just put in the one you're most confident about. You put 10 next to and then nine on down. And you don't have to do yep. them in order to jump around. It's like yep. if you think, for example, that Spencer Lee is the biggest lock on the board, he's your 10-point pick, you know, as an example. Like, you know, like the Brock Hardy Real Woods match, I would imagine it's going to be a lot of people's one point match because it's could, you know, not for you if you got it as a four point spread, but you know, those are just, but it, it's fun. There's prizes, they're either hats and stuff or money, but you, there's no entry fee. So it's not gambling, which is really awesome. 
And then yep. they're running a season long contest mm -hmm. too, where like you win free entries and stuff like that. So they're doing two duels this week. And it's also fun. Like you can make side bets mm -hmm. with your buddies, like just, Hey, we'll both enter this contest and then they'll keep score for us. And then the, you know, that wings or, you know, I, you know, I just use wings cause that's what we always pick. So I'd highly encourage people to do this. Uh, I've been playing all year. It's really fun. And, uh, you know, Mark's jumped on and done, you know, he's not, he's behind me in the season long, but it's because he only played half the ones to be fair. No, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to point out the whole. No, act. I mean, one week I was second to last. Uh, I have no idea what I was, you know, then two weeks ago I was second. And then yeah. last week I did the Nebraska and who'd they wrestle last week? Minnesota. Yeah. And I think I only got three, right? I mean, it was a, well, there's a lot of close matches can go either way. Like, for example, the Arizona State Cornell duel, which I feel like I would know fairly well. I picked Japulian as my 10 point pick, and I talked to Prince. He's like, he was out for the year, bro. You know, he's like, so, like, well, because, you know, Arizona State doesn't have teamers. So I'm like, well, Japulian's sure. going to kill their backup, and you can't lose your 10 point match. Like, there's just no, you could go nine mm -hmm. out of 10 and still lose on points. Yeah. So the also the tiebreakers are you pick the winning team, the losing team, and the team scores. The, I think the point is this: even if you don't understand exactly how it all works, there's no risk. There's only reward. Yeah. So highly encourage it's people. It's super fun. And again, like people can do comparisons just between you and your buddy, and nobody has to track it. That's the other thing. Like you just go to the website, and it's on there. It's it's free to set up an account. It's very cool. And I also just talk to them. They have. They uh, are officially doing their live event at the NCAAs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you mean the live auction? The live auction draft will be at the, it's called the Goat Pub and Grill in downtown Tulsa. So, very cool spot. Uh, they have, they call the Mega Mint Mule there, it serves uh, six people, straws, little rubber duckies in there. So, you may or may not see your boy there. Um, I thought you had to, uh, you're running the event, David. I'm not running the event. I'm helping, oh, helping oh. him run the event. I oh. meant you might see me with one of those big mules. <laughs> so, I'll tell you what, Christian has, if people don't know Christian Thompson, he's been doing this fantasy grade uh, contest for probably the last six, seven years. Yeah. And he developed this website and started doing, and I know he does other sports too. Uh, so it's not just wrestling, but, he really got big into wrestling, and he has upped his game just by the charts and the things that you can see on this. If you don't have an account to this and it doesn't cost anything to belong to it, right. um, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, this is a must-have because it tells you everything on these guys except for what the records are, and I'm sure it's in there. We just don't yeah, that's coming. The team <laughs> trends are coming. I talked to him about this yesterday. This guy loves wrestling. He absolutely loves wrestling. He's, uh, frankly, probably smarter about all this internet stuff and tech stuff than 99.8% of the world. And uh, he and I, a couple years ago when the Nationals were in Cleveland, we got to travel together. We got to go see St. Ed. Shout out to Gus and Guy Seiko from Defense Soap. They set that up where we got to see everything. That's when uh, Urbis was the coach before Coach Heffernan took over, so several years ago. But Anything that I suggest to him, he tries to do. And so it's part of the reason this website is so it, – it makes our podcast so much easier. It makes it – if you want to talk, if you want to, you know, not argue, but like argue. Like me and your son, Ben, like to playfully argue about stuff. We can just pull up the stats. You know, we can look at the trend lines. We can look at all this stuff. So it's super fun to do. And uh, it's also like – you know, it's like these new ads where they somebody says they remembered it and the other person throws a red flag on them. It's kind of like that. Like, well, he didn't start that high, and you can go right to the chart. I'm like, he was 22 in week one or whatever it was. So, hey, David, really I got a question. I got a question for you. Okay. If you could pick any city to have the NCAA wrestling tournament in, where would it be? Not, and you can't say St. Louis because it's been there numerous times. It's a great venue. But you got to pick a city that's never had the NCAAs. Where do you think you'd pick? Vegas. See, I was kind of leaning toward Vegas myself because it'd be really fun to go out there because <laughs> yeah. I've been there numerous times. But I think I'd pick Chicago. Okay, so 
Yeah, but here's candy. the thing. They don't bid on anything. I understand that, but I'm just saying we're getting a wish list. You get to pick a city to oh, have it. I'd still pick Vegas because I want to be in Chicago in March. Like, it just could be stupid cold. You know, and the other thing is, like, the safety of walking around wherever the arena is is very different. Like, Atlanta would be cool. You know I mean? Also, if you want to go wish list, it's like I think the NCAA at some point will put it in a football stadium again, right? So then yeah. that opens up a lot of different places that we don't think of. You know, like St. Louis is unique because we actually still have the Edward Jones Dome for God yeah. only knows what reason why, but we could do that. You know, obviously Minnesota got completely hosed on the bid the first time with COVID, you know, but they were going to put it in that U.S. Bank Stadium. But, I mean, there's obviously all kinds of places, warm weather places, though, would would obviously make a ton of sense. I think about Vegas because the airport is huge, yeah. truckload of hotels. You know, and I go to Vegas every year for for no other reason for the U.S. Open. Yeah. And, you know, the other th- here, okay, this is stupid, but you could actually eat at night. Like in Vegas, like not a problem. That's just what stuff gets. Yeah. You can actually you can get eat started. Of the night. Yes, you can yes, eat at three yes, in the morning you can if have you steak and to. eggs at 2 in the morning for nine ninety nine somewhere. You know, so like, uh, and, you know, <clears> one of the things that, my perspective has changed on this. I used to not understand like why these people just didn't want to study the wrestling all the time, but there's a lot of people that go to the NCAAs and it's just a chance. It's a reason to get together with your friends, like from all over the country. And and you and I are blessed. We have friends all over the country. Like, you know, I I have 50 couches in America spread out where I could stay. Like I could go have a meal. Like somebody would, open up their gym and let me or my guys work out. And so when you get to see those people and it's like, we're all going to meet at NCAAs. And I think when people like, if you, if you have a significant other, I'll just say this for all, nobody's doing anything bad. They're all just hanging out and watching wrestling and drinking beer afterwards and talking about what they just saw. Like there's really, and and 98% of the people don't want to fight. Like they're, you know, like I hear this a lot because people come to St. Louis and then I work with the Tulsa sports commission and people like that. And the understanding of how that all works is it's, it's a bunch of good people. Wrestling has a lot of good people, a lot of really just good, hardworking, blue collar, let's get it people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I, I just think Vegas would be cool. Cause obviously they have the capacity to do it. You know, you're right. Like, well, if so-and-so would bid on it, you know, like, I mean, hell, if they're going to do that. Let's do it in Hawaii. Right. Like, you know, I mean, the time zone would be a mess, but whatever. Like, if you just want to go to the coolest place. But I think Vegas makes sense. Yeah. I think Texas could make sense. You know, like, but again, you know, like, I was talking to the Tulsa Sports Commissioner yesterday, and he mm-hmm. talked about how the Big 12s and the NCAA, NCAA tournament are both actually profitable for the NCAA. So, yeah. you know, like, they have a really good thing. We could spend a whole other podcast about of them trying us people trying to put together a national duels and why let me just say this. Everybody that's pounding the desk and stomping your feet and saying people need to do a national duels, really smart people have thought about this. Really smart people have tried without throwing anyone under the bus. It's all about economics. It's all about people knowing what their brand is worth. Now, there's other people think we should all get paid the same, and that's just not the case. You're not going to pay the number one team the same amount as the number 30 team to be in the event. And there's also stuff where, like, well, they got paid this. I'm not coming for less than that. And and the other thing about the national duels are you'd have to do it at the end of the season because if you do it in the regular season, it takes away from the duels that are already scheduled, and people are not going to lose that. Like, for example – then we'll sign off. Penn State wrestles Iowa. They choose to wrestle Iowa. They are not in the same division. Every year they choose they choose to wrestle each other. I don't want to say it from either team's point of view. And they alternate hosting. So every year Penn State gets 15,000 people or whatever that place holds, and every year Iowa gets 16,000 people or whatever that place holds, and they sell the tickets and they sell the beer and they sell the parking spots and everything else that goes with that. Okay? They're not – Think about how much that is. Just think about that. If the average ticket's 50 bucks and it's 16,000, that's $800,000. So just take that money and go, you get it every other year, right? Like I don't, 
I don't know who's hosting this year. Okay, Iowa is Penn going to Penn, to Penn State. So Penn State has the odds. <laughs> Iowa has the evens. Okay, I mean, it's easy. Just average it out. Your school's making $400,000 a year. I mean, and that's a low estimate. I didn't count concessions or anything else. I mean, like, they could make a million dollars on that meet. It's yeah. not crazy with sponsorships and everything else. They don't care what we think. You're going to have to come up a way for this to be worth more than a million dollars to us. So people are like, well, they should do what's good for the sport. They are doing what's good for the sport. They're putting people on world and Olympic teams. They're giving people scholarships. They're raising money. They're raising NIL. Just because they're not doing what's good for the sport the way you want to do what's good for the sport, which is you want to sit at home, pay nothing, and watch this meet, doesn't mean they have to do it for you. Yeah. So, I mean, like, we tried to put together duels this year. Frank Papalizio does a great job with his event. But there are certain teams that just won't wrestle each other, or they won't go on certain platforms. There are certain teams that won't wrestle on Rockfin. There are certain teams that won't wrestle on Flow. So it's just hard for people that only look at it from their perspective. And I was talking to somebody that I actually love and care about, and I was saying, we have to look at things from other people's perspective before we just decide they're wrong. Because a lot of times they're not wrong. They just have a different viewpoint than we have. And if we had their viewpoint, we might go, oh, they're actually right. So I'm just telling you, somebody that sunk 100 hours into this and then it fell through, stop telling it's just that simple. It is the opposite of simple. I mean, Agreed. it makes the, the National Wrestling Hall <laughs> of Fame rules look, that makes that look like, like playing rummy. And and we were doing going through the list for right now. Here's a crazy thing: of the top fifty teams, if you wanted no more than two from any state, and you can't take the teams that can't travel to Oklahoma, and you can only have a combined four California prep schools because they can't wrestle each other. There's only twenty three of the top fifty teams we can get. Okay. So if we get like fourteen of them, you're like you only got fourteen out of fifty. Like we got fourteen out of twenty three, bro. <laughs> like that's 60 something percent, not 28%. Yeah. So people don't, and it's okay. They don't have to understand, but stop screaming about stuff you don't understand about. That's yeah. the big thing. You and I have this saying, like, if, if you're not going to help be a part of the solution, don't scream about the problem. Right. Yeah. So, but I was talking to somebody the other day that thinks they could throw a million dollars at this thing. And that's, you want to start figuring stuff out, that's the way to start. Somebody cuts a big check. And then the national, the college national duels might happen. So for GT, who is doing world-class things. So Marco, get in the contest. Let's go. And I have Brock Hardy at plus four. Is that right? Yeah, you do. I actually I, get three and a half. I get three you, and a half. Four is the, the number, right? Yeah, four. If if it's four, then I win. Right, that's what I'm saying. So I got three. Do you, you feel good about that number, David? No, I don't feel <laughs> bad about it. <laughs> I don't feel bad about it. Where's the meat? It's at Iowa. Oh, that's worse, right? <laughs> so, that depends who you're talking about. It's worse for who? I have worse. not seen. I it's have worse not for my seen, side of the pick. I have not seen. Anybody get covered this year? Like anybody at people. all? I'm sure well, somebody did. Yeah, but no major carver. Okay. You know, we don't have a we don't have a Mark Hall yet this year. We don't have you know Mark Hall twice uh, got carvered. Um, you know, and he's obviously a better wrestler. He proved it at the national tournament. But when you walk into Iowa City and wrestle, you know. You better have your legs under you. It's weird because those people are so warm and accommodating when you walk in. You know, they are. They have nothing but nice things to say to you. They understand (laughs) the sport, though. It's just. No, no, they do. They love the sport. They They love love the hunts. Yeah. They just love it. Hey, and I'm looking at the date. I think we'll literally be there in 30 days. Yeah. And you know, the thing you were talking about earlier when uh, Penn State comes to Iowa and wrestles, and Iowa has 16,000, they make a million dollars. The funny I didn't thing see is, million dollars. Well, let's say, let's, let's say, just throw a number out there: a million dollars, eight hundred thousand for tickets. I, I want to be. They have the potential to make probably a minimum, a minimum of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars net. 
Now go ahead. I don't want to be no. somebody quote me that I said they make a million dollars. because they I will make that. They will make the same amount of money when Oklahoma State comes to town. They will make the same amount of money when Michigan comes to town. They make the same amount of money when Iowa State comes to visit because their fans show up. They've already sold out season tickets, so that money's already there. That's you know, people not, have already paid that money for it. So, well, maybe. <laughs> And, and then, and that's a whole interesting thing on the secondary market of tickets, right? But anyway, point being, like, less people come to the duel with Sacred Heart or Army than they do for the duel with Iowa State and Penn State. So it's, it, you're right that it doesn't go from zero to 16,000. It might go from 10 to 16,000, but there is variance. Anyway, yeah. you guys know me. I could nerd out about the economics of wrestling all the time. For GT, for Mark, I'm David. Get your picks in. Go to the website. Get your picks in. Let's see who wins. Fantasygrade.com. Brock Hardy, three and a half, baby. See you guys next week.